It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets. We are also the official provider for finfanatic.com as well as the fan-sided network for the Dolphins here. So here we are 14 days before the NFL draft, Paul. We are officially two weeks before. Uh, hard, hard to believe that it's catching up with us here so quickly. We're here talking about off-ball linebackers today, a position with uh, not only a lot of stars, but also a lot of depth really throughout the draft class. Yeah, no, I'm excited about it. I mean, God, you know how long. I mean, a lot of our regular listeners know how long I've been I've been talking about a particular linebacker. Uh, but really, it, it's linebackers still in need. I, I know they re-signed... Um, Landon Roberts, but he is a guy that whiffs a little bit more than he hits. His hits just happen to look uh, like, uh, you know, a big moment, but most of his misses are a big moment, too. And looking here at the the linebacker linebackers for the Dolphins, you know, you've got Jerome Baker in the final year of his contract. Bernardrick McKinney was traded, uh, was had in that trade for Shaq Lawson, but, you know, probably just a one- or a two-year guy when when you think about it. And then the Dolphins get Landon Roberts back. I was a little confused by that because it's a one-year deal. He's coming off a major injury. Andrew Van Ginkle is going to be that overhang linebacker. So, you know, it, the Dolphins really have the opportunity here to take the position from, um, you know, from a, you know, a, lacking a little bit in depth, but they, they could really take this position from a B to an A if they were to target linebacker earlier in this draft. Yeah, and depending on what they do here, I mean, they could they could legitimately take this to an A+, plus given the way that they utilize their linebackers in this scheme. Now, one of the things for the Dolphins with this is, given the scheme that, that Flores runs down there, you need athletic linebackers that can do a lot of things. You need that one... Bernardrick McKinney type, but then you need the Jerome Bakers who can fly all over the field. You need, you know, the uh, Andrew Van Ginkles that can drop into coverage, but really they, they're going to make their bones rushing the passer. And, and so, and, and you need guys with some flexibility to make that positionless defense work. Yeah, you've got Van Ginkle who can, you know, rush the passer, pin his ears back. McKinney, great against the run, and, and Baker, really the pass defense guy. And, you know, you've also got uh, Landon Roberts for depth. Uh, Calvin Munson's a special teamer here, and Sam Egwavon as well as has played a lot of spe- snaps on special teams. But uh, you know, whether it's first round, third round, fifth round, seventh round, wherever it is, I think Calvin Munson and Sam Egwavon are going to be challenged here for for linebacker spots. I think if both of those guys are on the team next year, then the Dolphins probably did something wrong or didn't build enough depth. But Paul. Take a look here at something that uh, ESPN's Matt Miller said. Very interesting about your guy, Micah Parsons. And I'll read the quote in just a minute. Hey, Dolphins fans. This podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. 
We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, we've been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. We are offering up to 15% off when you use code MINUTE15 at earthechofoods.com slash minutemedia. Follow on social media at the Danette May and at Earth Echo Foods. So this was what Matt Miller had to say about the uh, about a pretty juicy rumor here with the Dolphins. I, I subscribe to draftscout.com. He's on ESPN. But this is a quote from him uh, here on his website. I heard early this week, I uh, heard something early this week that made me think they could go another direction. Head coach Brian Flores is rumored to, to love Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons. Number six overall may seem a bit early for him based on some mock drafts, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins went linebacker either here at six or after a trade back. They also have a pick at 18 in the first round, and the word around the league is that defense will be the priority if there is a pass catcher selected at number six. Yeah, no, I – I- Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I know what you would think about that if they took him at 18. Dude, it's – I have to tell you, it's – I know a few years ago when, you know, we had our, 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 our show leading up to the Laramie Tunsil cornerstone draft uh, that we didn't even know how big of a cornerstone draft it was. Once Laramie Tunsil hit about number eight, gas mask or no – you remember, I, I was completely insufferable. Like I'm like, go get him now before somebody else does. And that's if Micah slides, like the further he slides into double digit picks, the more insufferable I'm going to be. I'm not waiting till 18 for somebody that I feel could be such a difference maker for this franchise. You, you, go get your guy. You've built up your draft capital. You're a 10 and 6 team that's got a sophomore quarterback now that you're really truly a couple of pieces away from being somebody that, that people don't want to face. And if you can get two of the, the top three or four non-quarterback players in this draft at six and possibly, you know, 12, 13, 14, you do it. So let's stay right there. Um, Let's say the dolphins draft that pass catcher number six. Yes. At what at what point is is twelve the starting point that you start thinking about trading up to, to, I, to get Micah I, Parsons if he falls? I'm drooling over ten. Like, okay, I would want to. So one one team I'm looking at a team that that hasn't had the best of luck with character issues in the past that's going to be shaking in their boots if Micah Parsons is sitting there um, at, is at really at number eleven with the Giants. They're going to be. I, all I can think is that they're going to be sitting there like the Jacksonville GM in um, draft day, just shaking in their boots. Like, I don't want to be the guy that took that guy. I don't want to be the guy that took that guy after we've had so many character issues through the through, through the last you know five or six years of drafts. Um, so they would be a prime target to call up and go, hey, 
you don't want to take Micah Parsons. Let's get you out of there. Like, and, and and I'm down. I am down. Let's draft day this thing, man. What would you – so, all right, Micah Parsons, let's say, is there at 11. The Dolphins are picking at 18. Yep. You've already got Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Are you trading the number 50 pick to move up from 18 to 11 to get him? If I have to, yes. Okay. Yeah, because I think that would be the compensation. And I'm with you on that. I mean, if you're telling me that you can get um, – that you can get Kyle Pitts at six, uh, Micah Parsons in the trade up, and then at number thirty-six, you then you may have to choose between running back and center um, in that situation. But you're going to end up with two high-level, athletic guys on both sides of the ball, and then you're you're looking at center or running back there at thirty-six. Yeah, and I mean it, it's you could also potentially depending on how the board plays out move down from 36 a little bit um, to reaccumulate some draft capital. Um, you, you could do a lot of things there. I mean, I, I I never discount Chris Greer at this point and what, what the man can do to a draft board. I mean, I was looking at the top 10 the other day, and, you know, it's like, oh, the number three pick, San Francisco via Miami via Houston. The number, God, like it, it's just hilarious to me looking through the top ten of the draft in the via this team via Miami blah blah blah. Like it's just uh, I'll take it, you know I'll take it. Chris Greer doesn't like to sit around stagnant, and that will be fascinating to see if the first four picks are quarterbacks, and then let's say Jamar Chase goes fifth, can he push his luck a little bit more and fall down one, two, or three more spots and get another third rounder? I would. I would hope that he doesn't because I, I want him to stay at six in that scenario yeah. and take Kyle Pitts, assume, you know, I'm, I'm out on Penny. I know. No, listen, I, I don't think Penny Sewell will be the pick uh, regardless. Did you say you're out on Penny? Um, no, I'm not out. I'm out on hoping that he would be the pick. Okay. So, uh, right. but I look, I look Penny and we'll get to the Penny and our, our offensive lineman segment here on Saturday. Uh, Penny is one, a Kyle Pitts is one B. Or no, excuse me. Jamar Chase is one B. Kyle Pitts is one C. That that's how my boards. I'd be thrilled with any of them. But anyway, with Micah Parsons, what really intrigues me about him is that 246 pounds, tested out of this world, four three nine forty. And when I go back and watch him, I've actually got uh, watching he uh, a YouTube video of him over to to the left now. He's what what amazes me about him is the length the speed and the tackling that he has at the linebacker spot. You know, uh, two comparisons that were made with him by two different draft publications, uh, the, the draft network, as well as um, Lance Zerline from NFL.com was miles Jack. Uh, I think he is that with more ability to rush off the edge, but in today's NFL, you're 246 pounds. You run a four, three, nine. Uh, you can cover a lot of ground. And Brian Flores loves you. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's a smokescreen. That's that's a high level talent. Yeah, and, and and Michael Parsons is really that guy. You could you could play at all three levels on that defense. So you could. Re- God, Boyer's going to have so much fun with Michael Parsons. And, and and the things that I've been hearing lately. So I know early on we heard about the maturity issues. We know he had some stupidity at 16, 17, 18 years old. But, like, I've, I've been looking deeper at it, and, and LeVar Arrington has been talking about how much growth he's seen in this kid and how he would trust 
Micah Parsons to watch his house and his kids for a week. Like, and that says a lot. I mean, LeVar Arrington is one of those guys I've always respected. And the fact that he's like, look, this kid was an idiot when he was younger. Almost every kid is, whether they get caught or not, in different ways, not condoning what he did. Right? No, Uh, let me ask you, though. Do you think that's, do you you believe that? Or do you think that's Penn State linebacker covering up for Penn State linebacker or defending him? Do Do you think he would defend him or say that regardless of what he said or did? I think that it may not be to the level that Arrington is saying, but at some point, to say it that publicly, LeVar Arrington is staking his own reputation on it. So there has to be some truth to it. And, and really, what I've heard as well is there hasn't been much since all the BS early on in his college career. So who knows? But you know Greer and Flores are doing their due diligence. If Flores is already kind of into this guy, I'm assuming that he's done his due diligence at this point. Yeah, and those are according to rumors that I read here and reports. You know, we're in lying season, so it could be the opposite is yeah. true. Um, but it, it, it's exciting to hear that talk regardless. And, yeah, Micah Parsons, number 11 at Penn State, LeVar Arrington, the second overall pick in the draft in, in 2000, uh, wore number 11 as well. The differences I see with them, they're about the same size, about the same speed. The difference is LeVar Arrington was a big hitter he had those bar- bone jarring hits i legitimately think micah parsons is a good tackler he had only 11 missed tackles over his college career at penn state which is really good in the open field and firing off the edge so yeah we're both excited about that possibility uh we haven't moved him off the top five or six players in the draft a lot of other people have but paul after you get past micah parsons it's still a very good class it's a deep class so how do you you know, it, let's let's say this. In our chat, we've heard for weeks, even when we're not talking about linebackers, the name Zaven Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa, 6'5", 259 pounds. The guy is a thoroughbred. He is an absolute monster. And he also tested out very well, has that alpha personality. You had him on your draft board for the Dolphins. Again, not holding you to it. Things change every week. Mm-hmm. You, you, you had him about 12. Do you still have him right at that spot? I'd have to look at my overall draft board, really, but it's it's pretty close. Um, I've Are got you still him. high on him, I should say? What's that? Are you still high on him? Oh, I God, say? yeah. Yeah, and, and Jamin Davis is, is moving up for me as well. Um, I'm actually higher on those two at the moment than I am Owusu Koromoa. Um, but, again, it, it's – I just want linebackers. I want a big, fast – disgusting specimen of a linebacker to come up and separate somebody from the ball. Yeah. I mean, and he is an old school linebacker. He also played uh weak side linebacker at Tulsa in that three, three, five. Now here's the trap I fall into with Zayvon Collins. When I watch him, I've watched six games of his. Okay. I, I find myself going back and forth, but I, I, I end up saying Zayvon Collins is great for his size he is great against the pass for his size he's fast for his size um he can he can chase down the uh, running back in the perimeter for his size and then i start thinking to myself does it really matter that he's 6'5 257 instead of 6'3 235 
does that yes. make that big of a difference? It might, because when you see him move, when you're that big, you can get into passing lanes that other people can't. And, uh, you know, he's he, he ran a 4.66. He plays to that speed, but he's able with his intelligence, his angles and his length, be able to get to a spot a lot quicker at the linebacker spot with his length. Yeah, no, it, it's, I mean, anybody that ever wrestled in their life will tell you how much of a difference that 15 pounds and in, in two inches will make. Um, it, it's huge. It's a lot bigger than, than you think. I mean, there's a reason why you see when, before a boxing match, whether you think it's rigged or not, you know, these guys have to make a specific weight. Um, it is very big. Uh, it, it's, you know, we hear every year about this guy or that guy that needs to add 10 pounds and he's suddenly going to be a stud. So the fact that this guy's coming in at 6'5", 259, um, it, it's, you, you can't coach that. You just can't. You, you certainly can. And will be where I could really see Zayvon Collins being a fit for the Dolphins is if they determine that he can really set set the edge from an off-ball linebacker spot. I, I don't know if uh, Brian Flores is going to get there, but if he does, then I could see uh, him taking a look at Zayvon Collins as really a bigger version of Kyle Van Noy and playing that, li- that linebacker position. Um, now, I would imagine that Zayvon Collins would be your top off-ball linebacker behind Micah Parsons. Would that be accurate? He is, but Jamin Davis has gotten awfully close for me. Got it, got it. Okay, we'll get back to Jamin in a second here. Uh, Zayvon Collins, for the Dolphins, is my fifth off-ball linebacker. Okay. But that's, that's more reflective of the depth of the class and, and team need because – my concern, what I keep going back to is, can you really put Zayvon Collins and Bernardrick McKinney on the field at the same time? And if you do, you're taking off Jerome Baker. Why? Um, I have a hard time seeing them getting all three of them on the field. That's why I don't think he'll be the pick for the Dolphins, even though it's a possibility. Um, and another reason, I look at the, the three guys ahead of him that I have. Jamin Davis, Jeremiah uso Koromora and one of my favorite players in this draft, Jabril Cox from LSU. Okay. I look at those three and say, I legitimately think they can run with tight ends and safe, and or excuse me, tight ends and running backs, and they can hold the role in this hold their own in the slot. Zaven Collins might be able to do that, but I'm not hundred percent he can he can run with slot wide receivers, if that makes sense. It does. The only one that I'm going to uh, – did did we get an actual 40 time on Jabril Cox? So Jabril Cox, I'm glad you brought that up. His uh, his pro day is going to be actually April 26th Okay. because of an injury. So he – and I, I reserve the my right to drop him if he doesn't t- test out that well athletically, but I think he certainly will. Yeah, because I, I, I've seen him basically projected to run in about the – you know the same range that Zayvon Collins was projected to run in. And, and, you know, Zayvon did a little bit better than he was projected. But um, if Jabril runs a 4-7, 4-7-8, somewhere in there, I'm going I'm to Oh, stay. I'm dropping him. There, yeah. there, there's no doubt. I, I'd, I'd be shocked if he came in um, over 4-6. Uh, he, he turns and runs really well. And he's legitimately fast. I mean, I, I think he can cover a lot of ground. He's not the most physical guy 
and he does not have the length that Zayvon Collins has. No, no doubt about that. Cox transferred from North Dakota State to LSU and really rose to the occasion on an LSU team that didn't play that well. Um, you know, he had he had what five passes defensed and three interceptions on the year, and it just really looked the part. And I think he is today's linebacker, but he is number four uh, on for my off-ball linebackers. Jamin Davis is number two for me, and he's probably going to be 13th or 14th on my overall draft board. He's continuing to rise. I said a couple weeks ago, reminds me a little bit of when Chandler Jones fell to the middle of the first round um, when he was taken by um, the Patriots here several years ago, back in 2012, where I looked at him athletically and thought, and a lot of people thought he could be the best defensive player in this draft, given how, how well he can move for his size. 6'3", 234, 44940, 42 vertical, 11 2 broad jump. And every year he's gotten better at Kentucky, had over 100 tackles and three interceptions this past year. Yeah, it's funny because if, if Micah Parsons hadn't run a 4-3-9, we'd all be looking at that 4-4-9 going, ooh, whoo. But, you know, it, it kind of slides it a little bit, even though, I mean, Jamin's one of my top guys. The weird one for me, and, and, and you know, Kat, you, you can probably back this up a little bit better than I can um, just because he's from Mizzou, is Nick Bolton. Um, I, I think Dolphins fans at times tend to fall in a trap when they see – a 5'11 linebacker with heart uh, that's built like a little fire truck. It's, you know, we all adored Zach Thomas, but just because Nick Bolton is 5'11 doesn't mean he's Zach Thomas, and I just don't think he's a fit for this defense. I look at him as being a better version of a Landon Roberts and what he would bring because in, in between the hash marks, this guy is... He's not only uh, a firecracker in the middle of there. He's he is strong for his size. He's only 5'11", 237. He's intelligent. He's a team leader. He check marks all of those boxes in run defense and as character, everything. But still, I don't see a way that this guy is going to repeatedly be on the field on third down. And if that's if that's what you're talking about, you're talking about a two down player. I think he ends up falling to the second or third round in that situation. And because of that, just because I think he's going to be lacking a lot more than these other guys on third down and in obvious pass situations, he's my eighth off ball linebacker uh, in this draft. And so if the dolphins didn't draft an off ball linebacker and we got down to say pick 80 in the third round. Yeah. At that point, I'd probably consider Nick Bolton, but probably not before that. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't doubt it. I mean, I, I'm willing to bet you have a couple of guys above him that I do as well in, in Chaz Surratt and, and Baron Browning. Um, I think they'd be very good fits for the Dolphins. And, and Chaz Surratt's so intriguing because he fits that mold that we've seen from Greer and Flores. If Miami were to miss out on Parsons, I would not be shocked if, if Chaz Surratt ended up being the guy because he's that guy that's still an ascending guy that's learning the position a little bit. And really, they would have their chance to really coach him up and, and, and turn a possible start of the third-round value into a first-round talent, which I love the fact that we can actually trust our coaching again. It's been a long time. There, That's exactly right when we talk about these positions that 
they get the benefit of the doubt because of how the defense played last year in every game except the final game against Buffalo. You know, overall for the year, we, heading into the Buffalo game in week 17, the, we were talking about the Dolphins possibly going from the 32nd ranked defense or 32nd in points allowed to first in points allowed for the year. Obviously, they allowed a 56 in Buffalo, and hey, they deserved all the criticism they got for that. But yeah, I mean, clearly Brian Flores and Josh Boyd know what they're doing on defense, and they do get the benefit of the doubt. That's why if the Dolphins drafted a Zayvon Collins with his versatility, with his upside, I would think, huh, that's interesting. Not these guys are morons. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, like, I, yeah I, so let's let's go back to the linebacker spot here. Uh, so just kind of going down the list, uh, off-ball linebackers, number one, Micah Parsons, number two, Jamin Davis, number three, Jeremiah Ousu-Koromora, four, Jabril Cox, Number five, Zaven Collins. And you're right, my six and seven are Baron Browning and Chaz Surratt. I'll get to Browning in a second. But, yeah, it, Surratt is an intriguing guy here because he, in 2017, actually was North Carolina's quarterback. He threw 193 passes that year. And then in 2018, here was his stat line as quarterback. Four for 10 for 10 yards and three interceptions. So then they switched him to linebacker. And <laughs> since then, he's been a really good player. Um, when you watch him, it's clear on film that he used to be a quarterback because he has great instincts for the passing game. He looks the part. He moves well. He covers a lot of ground. He understands when a slot receiver is breaking over the middle and when to go get the ball. So I, I do see a lot of plug-and-play ability for him my, one concern of mine though is he is raw he's not he brings almost nothing in run defense as far as i'm concerned and he's going to be 25 at the end of his rookie year with still so much to learn yeah um and, and by the way folks make sure you guys like and subscribe i know we've been forgetting to tell you guys but make sure you guys do that Get, leave us a review out on itunes as well it helps us out um, and, and you know, tell your friends, man. We're we're getting ready for this draft party coming up. I, I don't know about you, Cat. Oh, I'm I'm ready for that. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a good time. In fact, I may have to move here uh, because I'm not gonna sit be slumped over here in this on this couch with my with my um, uh, elbows on my knees here for 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 three hours. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be lounging on the couch uh, on here with uh, so. <laughs> With your dolphins do I, pillows. Do I know how to party or what? <laughs> Settle down, you animal. Jesus. Uh, so linebacker, uh, my, the sixth guy I have um, that you mentioned is Baron Browning. I, I look at him as kind of a, a poor man's Micah Parsons. Um, now, really poor man's Micah. He Parsons. has unreal measure. Yeah, and, and that is more to say to, about Parsons. Uh, you know. He had a great senior bowl week, 6'3", 246 pounds, uh, runs a 4'5", 40-inch vertical, 10'10", broad jump. Um, uh, Kent Lee Platt, who uh, you can follow on Twitter at MathBomb, uh, has all those measurables. He, he creates this athleticism score based on the pro days. And based on just athleticism, since 1987, Baron Browning is the fifth linebacker uh, in terms of athletic testing across the board. Uh, so phenomenal athletic skills but i watch him and i think maybe the idea of drafting him late first early second 
sounds better than actually doing it. Um, I, I've seen him early. I've seen him. I've seen him uh, uh, maybe late first is rich, but I've seen him in a lot of mock drafts early in the second round. Wow. I mean, I like I like the guy. Don't get me wrong, but early second, I'm out. Me too. And, you know, you look at his uh, he, he was he's very versatile, too. He was moved all over the place at Ohio State. He played inside linebacker. He rushed off the edge. He was a stand up outside linebacker. You can bet Brian Flores and Josh Flores, or Brian Flores and Josh Boyer will love that type of versatility. But yeah, I can't get there on an early second rounder. Pick 80, I think, might be a better spot. I would still probably have a few guys projected a little bit higher than him at that spot. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you look at this past year, I mean, three sacks, two forced fumbles, 29 tackles, you know, moved all around. Just never, never really became a star there at Ohio State. You know, you know speaking of Ohio State, I'm going to jump a little further down the list here. I, I, I was so disappointed in tough. I expected so much of tough Borland at the senior bowl. And he just, you know, he looked like the wish version of himself. He just came out and looked abysmal. Um, and then he wound up testing even worse. I mean, I honestly. You know, for a guy I liked, I honestly don't know if he ends up getting drafted. He may end up being an undrafted guy when all is said and done. I agree with you, and I would be on uh, on that too. I mean, I, I, I would not draft him. In fact, I wouldn't. My, sign him my I have a very simple. Oh wow, That's, those are heavy words because you were a big tough, tough Borland fan, and hey, hey, I'm I'm proud of you. The guy runs a four nine eight. He's out. Yeah. I mean, that's look. If you if you were a linebacker and you run the forty. At a four eight or slower, you're done. You, you can't, can't play in the league. Either that or eat, eat yourself up to to move up a spot and, and you know suddenly become a very athletic defensive tackle. Now I know a lot of our our listeners are going to say, "Well, well, I forgot you forgot about a guy named Zach Thomas." I'm like, "There's a reason you got to go back 25 years to to bring up a name like that." Um, guys, just so you know, we love Zach Thomas. Like, we're not we're not trying to make him our whipping boy tonight. He just he is no. It's no. The opposite. The opposite is is the fact that he was able to overcome that is is such a reason for his greatness. But for every Zach Thomas, there are a hundred Scooby Wright the third and Evan Weaver guys that just get kicked out of the league because they're just not fast enough. I mean, if you can't run. Oh, I hated when everybody wanted Scooby Wright the third. I, I, I blocked him <laughs> out of my memory, like, and, and that's the memory that contains Bakari Rambo and a few others. Oh God, it was so bad. It's this a lot. It's a league designed on speed. So, Justin Hilliard, Tough Borland, Patty Fisher, you're out. Uh, just can't play in the league. I'm sorry. Um, somebody else. Um. I'm out on two. I got to say I'm out on Dylan Moses. Um, he went to Alabama and he has, he's, he's had a crazy kind of life. Uh, he, uh, he was, he got a scholarship to LSU when he was 14 or something like that. Something crazy. And he, his dad was like a Todd Marinovich dad where like you had to, you know, do 300 push-ups and 900 setups before you could come in and eat dinner that night. You're going to be a professional football player. 
And uh, Dylan Moses tore his ACL in 2019, came back this past year, didn't look at all like the same player. I'm not sure if this guy's had a lot of adversity in his life because he's been a the number one guy pretty much everywhere he's gone. Um, so if he's there in the fifth round, you know, that's in the Dolphins took him, I would be okay with that, but I, I'm not touching him before that. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You're good. You're good. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, there's there's, a, there's a lot of linebackers I'm good on in this draft. I mean, a couple others that, that I know are later guys that I really, really wanted to like. Um, Isaiah McDuffie from BC. I really wanted to like this kid. I, I, I just, he doesn't pass the smell test as far as the NFL goes. And then Nick Neiman. I watched so much footage of Nick Neiman out of Iowa. The fact, you know, he's projected so low and runs a 4-4-5, threw up 19 bench reps, you name it. I really wanted to like him as a developmental guy, and I just watched tape of him, and he plays so much slower than the 4-4-5 speed. Um, like, he plays like he runs a 4-9-8 on a good day. Yeah, that's what I saw, too, and that's why... We talk about measurables. We talk about 40 times on this show, probably more than other ones, but it's a reason to go back and look. And, it, you know, if somebody runs 498, I'm just, I'm out. I mean, unless I see you covering, unless you sprained an ankle while running it, then I'm, I'm, I'm not interested. I mean, yeah, I better see you, you can't cover enough ground. And then, <laughs> <laughs> but then you look at Nick Neiman, and, hey, guy runs a 445. He's got wide receiver speed. And then you watch him play at Iowa. And you say no, he doesn't. So, yeah, good for you on that. Um, a, a couple of uh, you know, a couple of late round guys that that are that are, you know, again in that fit. You know, God, I wish the Dolphins had a fourth or sixth round pick, and they probably will. But you look <laughs> in that fifth round area where they they pick one fifty six. Um, KJ Britt and Ernest Jones are two guys that see KJ Britt's pushing it. Ran a four seven five, but he's a really good two lad two down linebacker. I could see that. He's a twitchy away see from a no-down linebacker player. at that point. All right, let's <laughs> <laughs> well, he, it, yeah, well, he's six foot two thirty-five. Yeah, he's yeah, he's not quite as big. Um, Ernest Jones had a thirty-eight and a half inch vertical, but I, I like him less than KJ Britt. Yeah, I forget what I said about him. With his blazing four seven two. Four seven two. Ernest Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, see, he's pushing it too. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. For now on, let's just just to make things sooner, or, or just to make things uh, a lot more succinct here on the show. How about how about if you run slower than a four seven flat, you're out. Done. Yeah. Don't want to hear from you. Nothing. You can all right. And in the um, chat, you can you 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 can ask us about the guy, but we're just going to tell you he he's too fat. Yeah, I mean, look, if at line in the back seven of the. Oh, I do like Buddy Johnson, though. You have to cover a lot of ground. Yeah, Buddy, I, I did watch him, and yeah, he does play up to that speed. He ran a 4.58, 38-and-a-half-inch vertical. Yeah, I, I think he's an underrated dude. So, I, you know, he's somebody that I think, uh, you know, on, on day three, that's somebody that you can get to play special teams. You, you, I'd probably rather have a Buddy Johnson on my team than a Sam Aguavon or a Calvin Munson. So that, that's a great example there. Yeah, so it, it's outside of those guys. I mean, the top end of the linebacker class this year, I really like. But I mean, we're already hitting developmental guys at at, at four or five. And, and I know somebody had brought up earlier this off season about 
you know, positions I like. And, and for me, once you get past that top seven or eight guys, there's tumbleweeds. And uh, the tumbleweeds are probably faster than half these guys. Uh, yeah, that's a great that's a great quote. These guys are tumbleweeds. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. Um, see, what is there anybody we missed here? Pete Werner from Ohio State. He's probably going to go second or third round um, to a zone-based football team. Uh, he, when I watched him, he looked like Kiko Alonso. I mean, it was scary how much he looked like Kiko Alonso. I, I, his ability to get from point A to point B within, you know, in the middle of the field in zone is really good, but I don't see him in this Brian Flores type defense taking on, uh, offensive lineman coming down to block him on the second level. He's not that type of guy. I don't care if he's 238 pounds. Yeah, he's t- tested well. Good college football player, and he'll be a he'll be a good third round pick for his own base team, but not somebody I'm interested in for the Dolphins. So let's let's look go back up to the top because we've spent way let's, too much time in the bottom. Let's go back to Micah Parsons. <laughs> I could well, well, I know I know where you take Parsons. You take Parsons, you know, sixth if Kyle Pitts weren't there. Uh, I would which, take him in a boat. I would take him with a goat. I would take him here nor there. I would take him anywhere. All right. Um, so uh, next you've got Zaven, uh, Zaven Collins. Yep. Um, and the, let's see. Uh, so so uh, let me ask you this. Uh, is there a linebacker? We've talked about Zaven Collins. We've talked about Jamin uh, Davis, Jeremiah Wissacormore. Is there anybody that you would be comfortable with at pick 18, 18? for the Dolphins? I'd be comfortable with Zaven or Jamin, or if somehow Micah Parsons slides that far, I, I'd be more than comfortable. I'm going to be insufferable, um, especially you know whether they pick him or not. I'm just going to be disgusting. And by the way, John Gordon, thank you very much, dude. We appreciate it. I'm not watching the chat, so I'm sure John always has great comments there after the show here. So I'm sure I'm sure that was. There was no different content than any um, channel out there, and he, he, he awesome. Well, that's he gave us a super chat on we, it too. So, John, we love you. Hey, hey, we we get we shove draft con- content down your throat like like the buildings on fire. We try <laughs> we 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 pretend like we the build the our house is going to burn down in forty five minutes, and we need to do a show and get out of here. Uh, so. so we're not going to bore you for an hour and a half. So. Just wait till I start pulling the prospects in again next year or the year after. We're going to have more content that we know what to do yep. with for this stuff. You guys are going to be sick of us. Yeah. If you click that like button. Might be an, every, you know. might be an everyday show here. So, uh, um, Okay, so at linebacker, yeah, Jamin Davis is somebody I don't think the Dolphins would take at 18. I think he could be – he has star potential. Yes, there's a lot more downside with him. He's an off-ball linebacker, too. But, man, oh, man, he can cover a lot of ground in the middle of the field. Wouldn't surprise me if he became a Darius Leonard. Uh, he's got that type of ability. Um, now, I, I would say Javen Collins. Um, actually, Jeremiah Usu-Kormora and Jabril Cox might be okay with him at 36. Would prefer 50. Same goes for Zaven Collins. Wusu Kormora, we didn't talk about a lot. This, I, I've never seen a player like him. I don't mean like uh, for greatness or, or for anything, anything like that. But 
he's just he's rare. He's he's a he's an outside linebacker at 6'1, 220, who legitimately covers the slot. And he's somebody that cover he's he's so fast and he's so violent. But because of that, he overruns a lot of plays and he's not a great tackler. I mean, I, I go a step further. He is one of the worst tackling linebackers I've seen projected as a first round pick ever. Uh, he just he misses so many tackles. And then he also has 33 inch arms, which is odd because Micah Parsons has 31 and a half inch arms. So I, I don't, he's 6'1, 220, but almost has as long of arms as Zaven Collins. I, I don't know. It's a, he is a weird dude. <laughs> Sorry, I've just got this, this freaking T Rex thing in my head for, for Zaven Collins now. No, T Rex have short. No, but I mean, T-Rex have for Zayvon Collins standing next to standing next to him. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, I don't know, man. It's like, if the Dolphins were convinced that this guy could play in the slot and be as good as Nick Needham covering, which is you know Nick Needham's not a great slot guy, but he is a cornerback and he is much much lighter, can cover. Uh, you would think a lot more ground, but maybe not. And Wusu Koromora, he could be that defensive back slash linebacker hybrid that allows you to have a permanent three safety look. Um, I don't know if I would still take him at 36 though. Uh, he, if he fell down to 50, <laughs> Paul says no. Um, but if, I want, if, if, if I want a three safety look at, at 36, I'm, I'm drafting Richie. Like, yeah. And, and then you have Brandon Jones. And, both, both things better. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I hear you on that. One, one other guy too, before, before we get out of here that I, I I'm actually way higher on a lot of people's Derek Barnes from Purdue. I, I watched a lot of him over the last couple of days here. And this is an old school throwback linebacker, but he's also got speed. He can cover a lot of ground and he comes angrily downhill. Um, he played defensive end earlier in his career at Purdue too. Uh, back in 2019, when he played his last full season, 11 tackles for loss and seven and a half sacks. So he's somebody that, He's right there with me for me, or he's he's right there for me with Baron Browning, Chas Surratt, Nick Bolton, and then I've got Derek Barnes. But I've got all of them very close. I, I think it would be decent value there. Pick 80, probably not before that then. So, Paul, we've covered a lot here um, and, and in the linebackers, off-ball linebackers. Be sure to join us, too, for our – uh, offensive line segment on Saturday, as well as our edge segment here on Sunday. Paul, anything else jump out from the chat or you want to add here tonight? Uh, I'm just taking a quick look because I know Eric had a question in chat that I told him we'd try to get to at the end of the show. Uh, I'm just taking a look through now. Um, oh, yeah. So he's hearing a lot, and this is not related to the linebacker talk, but he's hearing a lot of talk about the Falcons taking pits at number four. I know we've heard it as well. Um what are your thoughts? Do you think they will? Man, that's – I think they're going to end up trading that pick because they've put it out there that they're interested in it. And by by restructuring Matt Ryan's contract, you basically ensure that he's going to be their quarterback until 2023 unless you see a Carson Wentz type of trade uh, next offseason. So I – I, I would say that if, if I had to rank it, they trade down. Um, somebody comes up and drafts Trey Lance. Uh, the second option is they stay at they stay there 
at four and take Kyle Pitts. Option three is they take a quarterback themselves, if I had to guess. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them take a wide receiver either um, if if they stayed there. I mean, there's a lot of directions they could go. It, it, it's – I mean, hell, they could even be in the Sewell sweepstakes. I'm not sold that they aren't. So they could do a lot of things, but I do think you're right and spot on. I think the number one target for them is a trade out at that point. See, if they don't – if they don't – they're in a bad spot for what they need because they restructured Ryan's contract at quarterback at receiver. They've got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage had 76 catches last year um, mm-hmm. in, in a real breakout year for him and a tight end. They traded a second round pick for Hayden Hurst last year, who was I think fifth or sixth in all yards and tight ends last year. So not a good situation uh, there uh, as far as needs and a tackle. They've got Jake Matthews and Caleb McGarry, two former first round picks that they drafted here in the last, you know, six, seven years. So yeah. Yeah. Not a great, that's why I think they need to trade. I, if, if we were doing a mock with trades, I would have them trading down to say nine with Denver, Take taking corner. either cornerback Patrick Sertan or JC Horn. Yeah. Yep. That's what I'd be looking at there. No, I'm with you there. I, I think it'd be a smart move or even, even number eight with, with Carolina, even though they got Sam Darnold, I wouldn't be shocked if they're in the quarterback sweepstakes. I mean, hell, it's if the other possibility, too, is a team in the teens coming up to get a quarterback that didn't think they had a chance to. Um, So a lot of things they could do there and really make their team better and still get still fill their areas of need. So, guys, don't forget to hit the like button. Guys, don't forget to subscribe. Turn your notifications on um, and leave us a review out on iTunes. Kat, anything else you want to dive into here? No, uh, I can't wait in a couple weeks to get into our defensive back segment. Uh, Grandizer 12 mentioned Jamar Johnson, who's really one of the late, the late risers, just a sneak peek. I think I may like him more than Richie Grant. So uh, we'll talk, uh, talk a little bit more about him here in a couple of weeks. Not by much. Don't worry about it. You know, I still like Richie. You're going to set a fight up already. As as safety four in this draft. I love Richie Grant. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but yeah, I was going to say, anyway, that's going to do it. Don't, don't you dig on. No, safety. no, 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 no. You, you take the last word on that. I, you know. All right. And you close out the show. <laughs> I was We're done, folks. Word. We're Paul's, done. Paul's, Paul's <laughs> taking a knee running out the clock here. So that's going to do what. <laughs> for our breakdown of the off-ball linebacker class. Be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, Finn Fanatic, the Fan Sided Network, all of our social media outlets. We really look forward to our uh, draft day party here on day one and day two. Be sure to join us here. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Finn side. Good stuff, dude. That was fun. That was really good, man. We that's that's exactly how we should go. Hey, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll talk. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.